Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Technic Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Point of sale, Dean. Yes. Um, pretty important for you know retailers, hospitality. It's kind of critical. Mission critical. Can, yeah, can yeah we say? I'd say Mission so. Mission critical. You yeah. know, people want to buy stuff or you mm-hmm. know, engage your services. They got to pay for them somehow. Exactly. You got to yeah. process them, keep track of data and whatnot. So right. would you assume that, um, I think we talk a lot about point of sale. We know there's a lot of different options, a lot of different systems out there. Mm-hmm. Would you, and granted, I know you kind of know otherwise right now, but would you assume that most people are like just, you know, hate their point of sale systems that are just dying to change and look for something new and different? Right. I mean, it seems like, yeah, that's like the thing that gets kicked the most. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this point of sale system, it's terrible. Right. You right. know, I can't get my customers in and out fast enough yeah. and my employees, they're bitching about it all the time. I mean, and you've been in probably in a store where oh, yeah. you've been waiting in line or where somebody's ringing you out and they go, oh, yeah. oh, our stupid system's all slow. And 100%. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So to that end, we wanted to do a little more of a data dive into yes. point of sale for our customers. And yeah. Our listeners and, and Blue Star folks. Mm-hmm. So we conducted this big survey, I'll tell you mm-hmm. a little bit more about it here in a moment, mm-hmm. uh, to find out a little bit more about how people actually feel about their point of sale systems. Mm-hmm. And the results were somewhat surprising. Oh? I mean, there were some that we you can kind of expect, but yeah, there were yeah. a few things that were a little bit surprising. Okay. I, I know we, we teased some of them on LinkedIn recently, and mm-hmm. you actually failed, I think, two of the three questions, I believe. I, I'm pretty sure I did. Answers. So... <laughs> I mean, oh, granted, I didn't know I you were going to call me. I would have too, but anonymous I survey. I thought it was an anonymous survey. Yeah, so. It wasn't anonymous. <laughs> Not when your name pops up on there. Like, hey, let's oh. let's see what Dean thought. Wrong. Oh, the Blue Star <laughs> VP of Marketing doesn't even know what's going on. Here's the thing, though, folks. Yeah, right. I hate to tell you, most people were wrong about yes, some of these questions yes. because there were some interesting insights. That's exactly. So right. that's our topic today. We're going to yep. do a deep dive into yep. this. Is actually an article that we recently published on Blue Star Nation. Yep. There's going to be a link in the show notes. I highly recommend checking that out first if you haven't already reading through all that we're going to do a deep dive into some of what we found out and what it means to our vars what they should be thinking about if you sell point of sale Mm -hmm. if you work in retail you know work with retail hospitality what should you take from this how should you approach your customers Mm -hmm. with the knowledge and the 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 deep dive data that we've got and can i a sidebar real quick on this this content strategy that we're taking i love it by the way because i think that for our customers you know to have access to this kind of information look it's not for it's not Deloitte right, that's charging right. you five thousand dollars for whatever. Yeah, we're giving it to you for free, dude. We're giving you this insight for free for the betterment of the ecosystem, exactly. right? We're going out there, we're pulling people, we're getting good information. Love it, exactly. And we're going to go. keep doing this. We've already done yep. two of these now. We're going to yep. keep on doing these deep dives because, hey, you know, it's one thing for us to tell you and say what we think. Yep, right. It is you know is important to our your customers mm-hmm. in the channel, but it's mm-hmm. another thing to actually talk to them and get it, you know, directly. Directly from the people who are actually using this. That's what it's all about. So, there you go. All that plus our usual value to the VAR and what's tech connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, Dean. So let's get let's get into this here. So yep. first of all, I want to give a little backstory here. So yes, we we're, we're Blue Star Nation is like our new yes. blog that we've got out there. Yep. We've got like think four articles out there so yep. far. 
Um, this particular article we're going to talk about today, as of our recording, published yesterday, about a you know week and a half ago when this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been out there for a little bit of time. But basically, the idea behind this blog is we want to provide as many more opportunities for education, information, yes. right. deep dives into the topics that really matter That's right. to our resellers, mm-hmm. to the channel in general. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we wanted to do a couple that were really based around data, like mm-hmm. hard data. But data, you know, that we were mining and extracting from and pulling out of and understanding more. So for this particular survey, this is about point of sale system. We reached out, our tele, we had a telemarketing team that reached out to over 4,000 SMB retailers across the country. All kinds of different. Phenomenal number, by the it, way. It is a phenomenal number. And mm-hmm. all kinds of different um, types of retailers, everything mm-hmm. from, you know, grocery, fashion, furniture. Beer, liquor, and wine. Beer, liquor, and wine. <laughs> grocery. Yes. I think I said grocery already. So, yes. uh, you know, a wide Jewelry. variety. Yes. And from all around the country, too. If you mm-hmm. go check out the article, we've got like a little heat map that shows you, you know, where yep. um, everybody was from, some of the different industries that we reached out to. We ended up uh, surveying overall, like actually surveying 81 total uh and these are mostly retail owners mm-hmm. or like, you know, high level management in a store or whatever. Yep. So, you know, these are the people who, you know, they're they're the ones who are the business decision makers. Right. Their know, opinion matters here, right? I because know, they're running the business. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, we'll get into some of our findings here. And I know there's sometimes some folks will say, but yeah, but what about the employees themselves that are using mm-hmm. this? They may mm-hmm. have a different opinion. Like, that's true. But they're still not the ones who get to make the decision about whether right. a new point of sale system exactly gets right. brought yeah. in or incorporated. Yeah. Yeah. So again, all across the U.S., plenty of subsegments. I think all of these stores that we uh, talked to had anywhere between five to two hundred employees. Mm-hmm. So again, a wide swath of different type of businesses. Mm-hmm. So again, check out the link in the show notes if you want to get um, you know the deeper dive into some of the data. But we're gonna we're gonna cover a couple of the big points that and and some of the the interesting stuff that you know that came out of this that we mm-hmm. think is worth talking about and mm-hmm. maybe giving a little bit of insight from our opinion of what you can do with this kind of information. Yes, right, absolutely. So yeah. Let's start with um, average length of use. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was a little bit surprising to me too. Uh, and I will very say, for me. I will say when I like when we were doing this survey and the telemarketers were inputting data anytime they talked to someone, mm-hmm. I was getting these emails as oh in real time in, in real time oh that's cool so every and and that was what was fascinating to me because there was a lot of them kept rolling in yeah and i'd get maybe like a chunk like maybe like four or five would show up at a time or something uh-huh. like that and i'm going through the data and looking at them and i kept met, reaching out to cordy to james cordy you know he was kind of coordinating this whole thing right, saying, right, right. and he wrote the article here and said hey uh I'm very shocked by some of these responses we're getting. Like, are, are we sure? You know, like, are people actually saying this yeah, stuff? Right. And it was legit. And, the, and it was fascinating to read through those responses. So, yeah. again, average length of use is the first one here. 9.7 years, mm-hmm. uh, which seems, again, you know, a long time. People are keeping really their POS in place long. for 10 years or more, potentially. Yes. The average, again, is around average. 10 years, which means there had to be people pretty far yes. over and maybe a few that were under out of yes. 81 total people. Right. Average satisfaction rating. Mm-hmm. was 7.6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And 61.7%, basically 62%, said 8 or above was their satisfaction with the system. This was the first poll that I threw up on LinkedIn about this survey, you know, a week before it came out and asked people, like, what do you think, you know, what was the average number of people that said 8 or above for their, you know, the percentage that said 8 or above for their, you know, um, their satisfaction, satisfaction. With, their, yeah. with their system? Yeah. And I put, like, 22%, 40 I obviously percent. failed that question. Yeah, you did. But, <laughs> but again, almost everybody did. It was resoundingly the fewest number of responses for the 62%. So it's counterintuitive. It very much is. So yeah. people were actually fairly okay with their point-of-sale system. So what do you think this says about 
kind of the uphill battle yeah. that we are we already knew it was totally difficult to sell battle. point of sale. Well, but how much more difficult does this seem to make it? Dude, go, let's go to the first one. Nine point seven years average mm-hmm. is is the length of use for that point of sale system. Now, that's a long time. So yeah. that's very. Uh, I mean, if I put on my reseller hat, that's like you know disappointing in the sense that oh my god, <laughs> look, I we put don't, this installation. No one keeps their phones in. for that Nobody long anymore. Nobody does, or almost so any other technology. That's why I think that would be one of those numbers. I'm like, man, are we sure we're getting the right data? But but you know, but it's there, right? Yeah. And yep. when you think about it, when you think about the SMB out there, dude, they yeah, they buy something, they're going to try to get as much out of it as they possibly yep. can. Yep. Um, so what that tells me from a retailer reseller perspective is you really kind of have to have the conversation early to talk about you know sunsetting the technology right, or right. taking advantage of newer technology that's coming out because uh, clearly these people are not on board with some of the latest things that both hardware and software bring into the table as yep. far as you know uh, omni channel experience uh, batter backroom inventory asset management etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah cuz i imagine a 10 year old system isn't going to have a lot of stuff we weren't even Dude, talking no. about that stuff 10 years I'm, ago serious. and and again this is an average so, so right. to your point you've got systems that are 12 14 years probably right. out there 14 years ago yeah. what were we using electronic cash drawers probably <laughs> i mean so maybe that's the people that we're talking to it's like right. oh my right. gosh so to me that's that's a huge one but then the satisfaction survey is is really interesting clearly I got that wrong. But if 62% basically are saying are giving it an 8 or above, they're happy, right? right. But and I guess they're they're answering that from the perspective of our business is still running, right. we're still able to do this commerce, we're right. still able to take in money in exchange, so we're satisfied. If it ain't broke, don't fix it yep. kind of a thing, yep. right? Probably that attitude is prevalent. There. Exactly. Which I think, yeah, to your point, means it's it's not like there's no opportunity. And we're going to get to that a little bit later, too, mm-hmm. about that there actually is still opportunity mm-hmm. in spite of that. But just acknowledging that on the surface level, most people you talk to probably are not going to say that they hate their system. Yeah, right. Most of them are going to be say, it's all, right, it's all right, or even it's good, it's fine, it works for me. And to your mm-hmm. point, yeah, it might be because they're used to it, it's working fine, it's not broke. Their business works just fine with it. Why would they consider changing? Because obviously it's a pretty big undertaking to change mm-hmm, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably a big part of what's behind that number. But even though, again, it's still, that was probably the most surprising thing to me. When I started seeing those survey responses and I started looking at all the ones who said what their rating was, I was consistently amazed how many of them were giving it a high rating. Like I would have expected at best the median to be around five, maybe six. Mm-hmm. And and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people that were saying one, two, three, right. yeah. very rarely was I seeing that stuff. Yeah. More often than not, people were rating it again in that six, in that seven, eight, nine range. Some folks saying it's great, love it, perfect. Mm-hmm. I, that was that to me was probably the biggest surprise that came out of all of this, this data. I was just amazed by that because again, it just told me, all right, this uphill battle just got a little bit harder because Absolutely. most people, if well, you're not if you're not selling properly, and again we'll get to a little bit more mm-hmm. this later, if you're not having the discussion in the right way, mm-hmm. most people are just going to say, "No, I'm good, I'm fine." So that's the inertia that I think that you kind of have to break here, <clears throat> yep. right? So so knowledge is power, right. and now you know that eighty percent of the people that you're walking into are, are good yeah. with their with their system, but what they don't know and how you break the inertia. Let me throw a fact out at you, like one of these. I was reading a Deloitte. Uh, 
uh, a survey. 96% of people are expecting a seamless experience across all channels when they inter- interact yeah, with yeah. a retail or hospitality entity. So here you might have an SMB business. They're 80% satisfied, right, with their with their, with, with their POS system because it's doing the job, right? right, right. It's, it's doing the widget. <laughs> it's, right. it's doing what it needs to be done. But the consumer is looking for a better, more seamless experience. So what this old system can't do is loyalty program is you know some of the yep. things that the that the modern system or today's system can do so that is where you have to start prying open if you will the the case of of trying to figure out well how do we replace this system how right. do we right. unearth this this <laughs> archaic pos system you got to start talking about the things that they're missing out on like exactly. loyalty like customer experience like omni channel like uh, those types of things and bringing that argument to bear right. uh, so that you can start putting in those seeds of da- uh, doubt like, oh, you know what? Maybe my customers are looking for that contactless payment type right, of thing. Right. Or they are maybe would respond better to a loyalty program if I had it in place. You got to start having that conversation yep. to unearth these things, right? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about pain points. So okay. so for the folks that said that their, that their system, their satisfaction level was a five or below, which again, was not the majority, but still for those that did, we asked them, what is your, your biggest pain points? The top four were lack of customization, mm-hmm. difficulty to use, mm-hmm. reporting, you know, like not having the kind of reporting functions they wanted, and speed, meaning it was too slow for them. Yep. Now, before we talk about those, I'm also going to give the satisfaction, so okay. the top satisfaction scores. Mm-hmm. So this is for anybody who gave their system a six or above. We asked them, all right, well, what are you most satisfied with? What's the top thing that you're satisfied with about your current system? Mm-hmm. For those, ease of use was number one. Mm-hmm. Reliability. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> makes sense. Right? Speed and customization. <laughs> now, you might have noticed some crossover there. So we had folks on both sides saying the customization was either their biggest pain point or yep. one of their top satisfaction yep. points. We had a usage, ease or difficulty of usage as a pain point and a satisfaction. Speed as a pain point and a satisfaction. What does that mean to you when you're seeing those those kind of crossover for both sides? Dang it, we needed a follow up question. I feel like here, like, and my follow up question would have been, well, how old is your system? Right. And and here's my, I'll, I'll submit this to the jury of of what my feelings <laughs> are here. If their satisfaction is customization and speed, to me, that's probably indicating that they have a newer system, right? One that has the drag drag and drop capability and the ability for the back end or even the management to customize, and I'm using air quotes, right. uh, the, the software to a certain degree to fulfill their needs. Whereas an older system probably did not have that, doesn't have that kind of drag and drop, right, you know, right. a wissy wig that, that they can deal with, you know, they would have had to have called a reseller and they're not going to do that, right? I mean, you know, when I first read the biggest pain point being lack of a lack of customization, I was like, "Ooh, this is a win for resellers right, because right. that means somebody's just buying it off the shelf, right?" And they, oh my gosh, we really kind of need this customized to us. Right. But that's exactly what a reseller does. You know, exactly. march right in there and and customize it for their use. So I was thinking that that was a good thing. But then I thought to myself, well, what people are probably doing, or is they have an old system. Maybe their business has morphed a little bit over right. the last decade, right? Right. <laughs> right. And, As and they now do. <laughs> they can't customize it, right? And yep. they don't know exactly how to do that. So that's bearing some frustration. So yep. my my argument that you're seeing some crossover here, I don't I don't have the speed one down yet, but anyway, on the customization side, I'm feeling like maybe some of those folks who who saw it was a satisfaction 
maybe they have a newer one. Right. The older right. folks can't customize it. It's difficult to use. You know, these are my pain points. Right. I, you know, right. it's just it's out. My business has outgrown my POS system. Exactly. But I'm too cheap to buy it. And all the other all the other technology around it is right. outclassed at this point. Yes. Too, so. Yeah. 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 I kind of felt a lot of the same way. Like I thought that same thing. And I think another question that kind of would come to mind and probably does come to mind as you're reading this is, okay, but what are they using too? Because and, mm. and granted, mm-hmm. we didn't specifically ask that. Some folks would tell us in the process of the conversation, like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm using mm-hmm. X POS system. Yep. Now, obviously, we didn't, you know, collate that data and pull it and put it in there because some of them are some of the ones that said they don't like it are going to be POS systems that maybe our resellers might sell or work with mm-hmm. folks mm-hmm. that we work with. Some of them might, you know, might not have been. So, you know, we didn't want to like, hey, oh, we're, no. not, yeah, we're yeah, not yeah, throwing yeah. folks under the bus here about what nope. is or isn't good or bad. Nope. And again, we didn't specifically ask about it. So in many situations, we have no idea what system they were using. We just wanted to understand, do you like it or not? Yeah, right. So I'm sure there's probably something there too. And I think they would be fascinating. And I'm sure the the folks that want to be able to go out and tout, you know, how good their system is would love to know that, hey, ours was the mm-hmm. one that was ranked eight or above on the, the mm-hmm. most often. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's something there. But yes, I think to your point, it probably has a lot to do with the age of the system, has a lot to do with, you know, uh, uh, what you're doing with it in your business, where your business needs are now versus where they were when you implemented that system. So I think that's probably, yeah, the the big part of the, the crossover appeal there. Now, can I make another comment sure. on this before we move on? As if you put your sales hat on now, this, again, knowledge is power. So now you know what the biggest pain points are. So yeah. lack of customization. So you, you need to be, when you walk in the door, when you're having that conversation about if you've broken the inertia that they're looking to upgrade, talk about that. Talk yeah. about how your system, or if you, <laughs> let, me, let me take a step back, your system better be able to be customized <laughs> so that you can answer <laughs> right, that pain right. point, right? So the pain points, again, are lack of customization customization, difficult to use, reporting, and speed. Those were the top four things mm-hmm. uh, that were the, the biggest pain points. So know that, walking in the door, and address it. You know, it's, talk about how your system enables customization. Talk about how it's really easy to use, right? right? right. These are the selling points because in the back of their mind, you know, it's a pretty good chance that your customer thinks that these are the current main uh, pain points. Talk about the reporting capabilities. Hopefully it does have a really robust reporting capability that's going to enable that merchant to do whatever they want, spin their data however they want to do it. And then, of course, speed, right? So so just knowing, to me, this is great information to walk in. I don't some you know of course you're going to ask your questions about hey what kind of system you're looking for and those probing questions and stuff like that but in the back of my mind I'm thinking well the four things that they I know they probably don't like lack of customization difficulty right, reporting right. speed there you go because the thing is they you know and let's we we know this from it's sales 101 your customer is oftentimes not going to tell you a lot of what actually right. is wrong. Yes. Either they just don't... they're embarrassed, maybe. Yeah, they might be embarrassed to tell you, or maybe they just don't know to tell you. Maybe it's one of those things they just assume is just part of the experience. Like, they don't know it can be faster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, look, point of sale is just always slow. We just know that. It's just how it works. There's so much data and blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's just going to be slow. They're all slow, right? Right. And maybe they just don't know any better. Mm. Or maybe they just think this is the one thing that just can't be fixed. You know, this mm-hmm. is just one thing we can't do. Maybe it is the customization angle. They're thinking like, hey... I'm a very weird niche, very specific type of retailer, you know, like a uh, just an example, because we've we've done campaigns around this before, like a dog groomer service or a pet grooming service or something thinking like, well, there's not a pet grooming point of sale, right? 
Yeah, there is. Yes, there is. There actually are some. Or more importantly, you could potentially work with someone who sells a point of sale. They could say, all right, we can customize it for yeah. your business there you go. and your specific needs. Mm-hmm. But again, they may not be realizing that like, that's a thing. They may mm-hmm. just think, look, it's just, I get it out of the box. It's got some customization tools yep. that I can tweak I got on my some own. set up, WYSIWYG I got to go through. Exactly. And then once I hit go, it's like built in stone. It, exactly. You know, I can't right. move from it. it. Yeah. Exactly. And, 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 that's, and that's another good point, too, is that idea that maybe they just don't understand or realize, like, look, mm customization sometimes can happen down the road long after you have established, you know, what you established, again, let's say that 10 years ago, mm-hmm. what your business needed then, obviously is going to have changed over time. And in the last two years, more than ever, we've known there's been a huge change in retail, you know, when it comes to being able to do curbside, BOPUS, online ordering, all this stuff that has changed because of the pandemic and was on that way to begin with. That's all the kind of stuff that, yeah, requires some new changes to your system. Yep. And we know from talking to our customers and talking to our vendors and you know, software companies that they all had to make some big pivots yep. and turn on things. You know, and, and some of these some of these software companies that do these POS software, like a lot of them were already kind of prepping for this stuff. They had built this stuff into their system. It's just the kind of thing where it's a switch to flip it on or off. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe your customer just doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they wanted to get on board with BOPUS or maybe they wanted to do more with online ordering and they didn't realize that their current system had that opportunity to flip that switch on or off. Absolutely. I'm going to so, go down a different angle with you here sure. that I think is important as well because we always talk about staffing obviously is yeah. is a huge issue out there and in no no place has been further impacted harder impacted shall i say than hospitality and retail right, right. it is really difficult to get an associate i'll just call them an associate right, whether right. they're whatever whether working in a restaurant or working in retail space uh, again i'm going to refer back to this deloitte uh, survey that i was reading uh and what came out of it is that when you, when you look at leaders are providing you know they're they're the question is around company workforce strategy, you know, this year and moving forward. What strategies are they deploying? Mm-hmm. And 91% of retail leaders were uh, marked that improving the everyday workforce experience is a high priority. So we talk about, look, you got to have the right tools for the people that are coming in and showing up to work. Right. you got to enable them with the right tools. Yep. Yep. And a good POS system, a modern POS system that can enable BOIPAS, you know, curbside or loyalty programs, stuff like that. This is yet another arrow in your quiver when you're talking to folks and saying, hey, look, are you struggling getting employees? Well, maybe it's it's this twelve year old POS system when they come in for an interview and they see, oh my gosh, you know this thing's. They see you're still on green screens. I know and, it's yeah. good for you and your business right. in the sense that you know if it ain't yep. brick, broke, don't fix it. But I got to tell you something that the optics here are that this workforce, the younger workforce, yep. it yep. matters to them what kind of technology is being yep. used in the store. And if you are ten, a decade old. You're out. Well, imagine like you go to you want to go to work somewhere in sales or marketing or whatever, like, mm-hmm. and, and you walk in to do an interview and you see that they're all still using desktops. Right. You know, yeah. stationary <laughs> desktop systems. You know, with the giant four by bulky three CPU. Yeah, ratio. exactly. You know, exactly. The nice squared <laughs> off big monitors, old CRT type stuff. And here, I would hope you would look at that and go, "Nope, not yep. for me." Like, uh, yeah. you know, I've. I've got a Mac at home, and I've got smart devices, and I, you know, I don't need. I, I do stuff in the cloud. It, it, it's it's that same kind of thing. Where I mean, again, and granted, I know people probably think, oh, well, someone who's looking for this kind of job, they're not picky about that kind Ooh, of stuff. They are, but yeah, they are. Yeah. Again, and and this is a also as a younger generation thing because you, you you're hearing about this a lot from 
the youngest generations, the Gen mm-hmm. Z and the millennials, you know, younger millennials and, and Gen Z that are, you know, trying to come into these, they're trying to bring them into these jobs. And, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, they, they pay low wages and they know those are the kind of, you know, demographic that they can get right now. And those folks come walking in and yeah, they're going to pay attention to this stuff because Absolutely. they are extremely tech savvy. And if they pay attention and notice what you do and don't have, it might it might be a bit of a killer or a buzz killer mm-hmm. for them to say, like, I don't I don't want to work here. Or maybe yeah. they start and start using your technology and go, This is so outdated. Like it's you know, like my phone is has a faster processing speed than your <laughs> POS system. Why would I want to work on this? You're right. It's that and it's again, it's just all built into that stuff that you should be paying attention to when you're you talking should. to your customers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And not just walking in thinking like, all right. I know everybody hates their point of sale, so I'm just going to go in and show them the latest and greatest, and I'm yep. going to win some business, yep. right? Yep. You know? yep. And you got to make sure, because so going back to the survey, the, the top satisfaction, one of the top satisfactions was ease of use. Right. And, and that really makes sense to me. I mean, so you have to be, I would be selling hard on that one, too. Yep. Like, look, yep. this system is going to be easy to use. We can customize it for you. Your employees are going to find this very easy to use, very easy to navigate. We're going to speed up your transactions so right. that you can right. get more volume going, Get those people back out on the floor or back interfacing with their customers so they're not chewing up time waiting for the POS to process or whatever it may be. So, you know, those top satisfaction ones, ease of use and reliability, you know, we talk about that all the time. And I guess a couple years, two, three years ago, you know, when iPads and, and other units like that were starting to be used kind of heavily mm-hmm. in, in these spaces they were being tested. You know, I think we're a little bit past that now and people right. realize the value of having purpose-built right. equipment right. all in one computers and touch screens that can handle it right. and, and and were built for the environment. But again, that's maybe an argument that you got to have with somebody that still has 10-year-old yep. technology. Yep. Don't give up on those arguments. Reliability, what you're selling, that is a top satisfaction. So, Agreed. you know, leverage that and say, hey, you know, if they're even toying with the idea of replacing it, then they saw a couple years ago that somebody else was using an iPad or something like that. Not to say that they can't be used, but you get my point. Right. Not a purpose-built uh, uh, piece of equipment. Have that argument as yep. well. So, anyway, yep. yeah, lots Agreed. of good stuff to kind of yeah. pull out from some of those initial findings definitely mm-hmm. well let's talk about one last one here yep. the major findings so this obviously a big question that we asked for everybody was would you consider switching right now here's what's kind of surprising because again we just said earlier 62 percent of people said i rank my satisfaction an eight or above out of ten mm-hmm. but 54 percent of these overall you know these 81 folks that we interviewed said that said yes that they would consider switching 27 of those that said yes rated their had rated their system a seven or above. So it's not mm. like just the bottom feeders that mm-hmm. were saying their system was awful. Mm-hmm. Folks that said their system was fine, 27 of those 81 said that are seven or above said, yes, I would consider switching. So, and I was kind of doing a little bit of diving into some of the specific data. So the top obstacles to switching were migrating data, training, and compatibility with other systems. There Those you go. Those were the three things that kept coming up over and over when we yep. when we would ask folks, all right, you know, what would what would keep you from switching? They said they would consider it, but then we said, well, what would keep you from doing so? Those were the top three. And I also noted, which I forgot to put on the um, uh, the sheet I gave you, but affordability was one of the top reasons given mm. why someone would switch mm. if it was affordable, or mm-hmm. at least they were saying like I would consider it if it was affordable. If it was affordable, right. yeah, right. Which, granted, we all know that. And to be fair, let's be honest, that's not really. Yeah, everyone's right. going to say that. Like, sure, I want something that's cheaper or better. But again, we all know if you're in the world of sales, you 
can sell something that's more expensive if you've proven that it's going to be better and do better for them. Than exactly. The ROI is there. Right. So mm-hmm. that's the one I kind of took with a grain of salt. But yeah, the other right. stuff I found very fascinating, this idea of migrating data, training compatibility to other systems, all important stuff. You know, when you've already got a built-in system that is filled up with all the data about your business, all of the SKUs or, you know, uh, UPC codes or whatever mm-hmm. for all of your products, mm-hmm. uh, all of the data, you know, as far as like background data, the sales history type stuff, like all that stuff has to get to get moved. So if someone's going to pick up a new system, that might be another reason why they're saying I'm fine with what I have because it's still managing all of this stuff. And I know that if I switch, it's a nightmare to do that. And then the training portion of it. I know if I switch, I'm going to have to teach all these people how to use this new system and do it all from scratch. And again, you know, it could be low paid workers that are just there to to grind out the work and do the daily job and, Mm -hmm. you know, don't have the interest or concern to spend a lot of time training and learning this new system. Um, You know, new people are coming in and out all the time. And then the compatibility portion of it. And this is kind of where, again, you start getting into the modern POS and the modern retailer, the modern hospitality. There's a lot of systems that everyone's trying to integrate together now. You might have a cloud-based system of some sort. You might have some sort of an ERP, an inventory system, something going on in the background that you need to your payments processor, all this stuff that you need to be able to tie together into your point of sale. And again, if your current if their mm-hmm. current existing point of sale is, yeah, this is fine. It's doing everything I need it to do. Why would they consider switching if if they're concerned about that compatibility? Absolutely. A- yeah. Any thoughts on all that? Well, this to me are those backroom secrets that their customers yeah. not going to tell you, and they're going to go back and they're going to talk to you know other folks. These are the things that they're not going to talk about right, when they're right. in the conversation with you. Now, that having been said, most POS resellers, I think, when they hear this, migrating data, training, compatibility, those are the main issues to switching. They already know that, right? right. In the heart of hearts, they already know that these are probably some the top reasons. Now, what do we do with this? You you use that information and use it to head off some of these things. So when you're having the conversations, get right into migrating data. What is it going to look like to migrate your old data? Just know that the pain points that are there, not pain points, know that these obstacles are already there. These are the top three. I think they're just golden uh, uh, to use in your in your development of the new solution. So you, you just address them. Here's how we're going to migrate the data. And maybe you got to little, do a little digging on that side, yep. right? What systems are you using? What is SQL, blah, 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 blah. Here's how we're going to and come up with a plan. Here's how it's going to migrate. Training? Oh, got you. Okay, well, we, here's what we've got for you. We've got online portals. We've got in-person stuff. you got to address that head on. But it's not compatible with these other things that we have. You know, we have this back house, uh, whatever, new uh, asset management system, mm-hmm. that wh- whatever mm-hmm. it may be, everything that you rattled off, cloud-based, blah, blah, blah. You got to have a plan for it because they're not going to tell you these are the obstacles that yep. you have. Maybe a couple of them. That right, maybe right. you'll unearth a couple of them like, yeah, you know, we really want to, but man, all this data that we have, how are we going to migrate all that? You know, kind of right, thing. Right, right. Uh, okay, uh, just head off with it because the good news here is 54% and a majority majority of those are are seven or higher on their satisfaction with them, but fifty four percent of them still are interested, yeah. right? In switching, yeah. There you go. So half your half your businesses out there are really interested. They would consider it, yes. It's incumbent upon you to address these obstacles and then come up with a solution. Exactly. Show them the path that it, that you're going to be able to give them a better ROI. Yep. At the end of the road, it's going to be a better solution that they have in place right now, right? Yep. So there you go. There's your enablers. 
I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, really listen, interesting, though. We're going to do value of the bar here in a moment where we'll kind of wrap that up with our takeaway, we think, of what you should do. And we've kind of hinted at a lot of that already. But we'll, <laughs> we'll kind of try to compact it and, and, and tie it up. But again, I want to tell folks, listen, if, if you... If you want to learn more, if you want to really do, take a little bit more of a dive into this data, check out the article. The link's going to be in the show notes. Highly recommend reading Good further stuff. into can, it. There's, can I pull out one more before yeah, so we go? Yeah, there's some stuff we didn't even cover. There so. is, like the, the whole contactless yep. payments. Oh, were you going to mention well, that just as say, well? Yeah, it's, it's one thing that we, we – a question we asked about whether people accept them or not and, and, <laughs> and get some feedback there too. <laughs> but I'm, it's always fascinating to me. For those who did not accept well, – all right, so it's about a 60-40 split, right? Right, right. Uh, on, on the If they accept contactless right. payments. And for those that do not they said you know the system doesn't accept that this payment of method it's, it's like right, right. Well, it probably does but they yeah, just don't exactly. think that it does yep. you know so they're they're unaware of the yep. technologies behind it we or, learned that in some of our uh, some of our other pods we've had with some folks in the payment 100%. industry and they'll almost always point out the hardware yep. yep since especially since the whole emv shift you know yep. contactless was already a thing at that time too it just wasn't very prevalent yet and still isn't as wide use as it should be we've established that too but again, yeah, most most providers, most payment providers and payment systems and payment hardware is builds that stuff in already. It's just they may not have it switched on or just may not have told you about it because you didn't ask about it or didn't necessarily, you know, need it at the time. That's so exactly right. Doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. And the second one, it's just you and I knock our heads against the wall on this one all the time, too. They claim, now, why do they not have contactless payment? Well, it's not necessary <laughs> or our customers haven't requested yep. this yep. technology. Bull. Right. Yeah, right? Exactly. You, you, no, they, they're just not... They're just accommodating the fact that you don't have right. it right now. Because uh, in all honesty, I've seen the last six months <clears> in every store that I go to, uh, people are less and less are inserting the card yep. for yep. chip, you and they're just the lofting it. They're yep. just, yeah, they're yep. just tapping it. So that is one step closer to a watch or something yep. like that where it's just going to be contactless, frictionless. Yeah. So for somebody to say out there, my customers haven't requested it, well, they, they're they not saying <laughs> it, but they would love to have that. Yep. And, yep. and I'm telling you, every month that goes by, more and more people are doing that. So yet another gold nugget that oh, came yeah. out of this. Survey. And here's the thing. Those of us that are the, the folks that have jumped into the contactless payments early on, especially, you know, as Apple Pay adopters, Google Pay, yeah, Samsung, right. all that stuff, yeah. the folks that did that, knew very early on that it was an uphill battle and learned very quickly that many places didn't offer this, didn't understand it. We also learned what to look for. Mm -hmm. So when I go into a store, I'm not asking anymore, do you take Apple Pay? Exactly. I look, do I see the logo anywhere? Do I see the contactless icon somewhere? And if I don't, I don't bother asking. I get my card out and assuming I'm just doing what I'm always going to do. Mm -hmm. I know how to look for that stuff myself. So just because their customers aren't asking for it or mentioning it doesn't mean they're not looking for it. Doesn't mean they're not disappointed when they don't see that option. Doesn't mean that maybe you don't get passed over for another retailer in the future mm -hmm. that does offer that. Mm -hmm. It just means that they that people know what to look for now. A consumer Absolutely. that wants to use that kind of payment method, they totally. know what to look for totally. without having to ask yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, And in fact, the inverse has, ha has started to happen to me with like the clerk behind the counter, whereas in the past it was, you know, I try the contactlessness <clears throat> or whatever with my watch, right, or, right. and they look at me kind of yeah, exactly. bewildered, like, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> I mean, it's, and that has totally shifted now. Everybody now understands right, what I'm trying exactly. to do, and that they feel bad if they're not able to, to yeah, make the transaction. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. You know, we don't do tap. Right. You know, right. kind of a thing. You still got to do the insert. You know, yeah, exactly. So now it's, it's cold. The, the script is flipped in, yep. in like within a year's time. And it's like now they feel bad. Well, again, going back to our employees. Right. And people want to work with places that have 
working technology that is modern. And if you yep. don't have that, you know, so there you go. I mean, just another, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Just my well, own you know, and, and I mentioned at the top here that, you know, most people would assume would, would think that people didn't like their POS because a lot of employees are the ones that will say they don't. Right. And, and I, you know, and that was some pushback that we got when we were kind of putting this together and talking about internally, some of the mm. insights that were coming out of it. Mm-hmm. You made a couple of folks say, well, were you only talking to owners and managers? What do they know? They're not using it every day. <laughs> Although, <laughs> let's let's be honest here. You know, your typical, especially small or even mid-sized they're using business, it. they're using it they're too. Using Those it. folks don't get to just run a business where they That's don't right. ever have to ring someone up. Yeah, they're out there doing the work, hundred percent, and are on the floor. It's usually and after hours too. You know, yeah, right? Exactly. When all the employees have gone. Yeah, yeah, or when it's busy and like there's a line forming. You know, the yeah. man, I mean, I, my old retail days, way back in the early two thousands. Yep. You know, like I distinctly remember many times. When I didn't want to be on the cash register, like me, you know, it was like I, I reached a managerial point, so I didn't have to do that right? that often yes. anymore. Yes, but it's not like I ignored it. It's not like you know when there was a line forming at Christmas, I didn't get up there and bust my butt <laughs> and get on a register and start Absolutely. ringing people up too. Absolutely, so they're doing it. So that's I think that's kind of a mis you know kind it of a, a misinterpretation. Agree. Agreed. But you know, again, to that point though, the employees obviously yes, they're going to have thoughts about the system and thoughts about what they like and don't like about it, and it's fine to incorporate them into the conversation because obviously. If they're all complaining and, and, and moaning about it and saying, oh, this is an awful system, I hate it, it's terrible, and maybe you can get some of that insight that you can take it to the owner mm-hmm. and help make that as part of the conversation. Like, look, you may think this is fine. I talked to like six of your employees, and here's all the stuff they said they didn't like about right. it. Let's talk about that. Yep. There's no reason you can't do that. But but again, at the end of the day, it's the owner that you do have to convince because yep. they're the ones who are making that final decision, and yep. they're the ones that are seeing the bigger picture, too. That's exactly right. So. Yep, yep. Got to arm yourself with this stuff. Exactly. Good stuff. All right. Well, hey, before we wrap up with our value to the VAR, uh, you know, I want to, as always, thank our Tech Connect sponsors. We appreciate your support of the Tech Connect program. Yes. This podcast in particular, we could not do this without you. We're over 100 episodes now. We I know. plan on going 100, 200, 300 more. Hundreds. Who knows? Hundreds. We yeah. may never stop doing this. We'll be old men with <laughs> chattering teeth that don't even understand new technology and Still talking about it. Who knows? We'll talk about how whiz bang this all is. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. We'll be whatever whatever okay boomer is at that time. You know, that's that's what that's what people will be saying to us then. You know, okay Gen Xer. I whatever. Guess, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know, as always, if you like the show. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button for the episode. Maybe even leave us a comment. It only takes a couple minutes to tell us yeah. what you liked. If you got some thoughts about the conversation. Or a survey you think we should do. I love yeah, this. Again, yeah. I love this content exactly. strategy. If you think if there's a, like a question out there you'd love for us yep. to pose, hey, If you want to get a deep dive into, into your customers mm-hmm. through us, we're happy to do that. We That's have this exactly great right. telemarketing team that is more than willing to go out there and do that work for us and gather yep. some data that we're happy to talk about. So let us know about that. Subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Uh, if you do have other ideas for the podcast, other topics you want us to cover, whether it's the survey piece or just in general stuff that you want to hear about, submit those ideas. I always put a link in the show notes for, to do that as well. And just for submitting an idea, we will send you a Tech Connect podcast t-shirt. Even Boom. if we don't use your idea or we've already done it, we'll still give you the t-shirt. So submit those idea to us. And as always, if you want to keep up with us, stay connected with us, you can always find us online uh, on Twitter at Tech Connect Pod. You can also email us, techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's let's wrap up here. Let's do our value of the VAR. And, yep. and again, I know all throughout the way we've kind of been talking about here's what you should be doing as a VAR, here's what you should be thinking about. Mm-hmm. But let's let's compact this. What would you do as a VAR right now with this information? So to me, I you have armed yourself with some quivers in your in your uh, arrow, mm-hmm. if you will. 
uh, or arrows holder. in your quiver. Arrows in your quiver. Thank you. I knew I was saying that backwards. <laughs> that you can now walk in the door and have that conversation to break the inertia yep. of, of a new system. 9.7 year average of a system. Come on. Uh, here, seriously. That's you, oppor- you, that screams opportunity. That screams to me. It screams so much opportunity. These are the this is the these are the talking points that yeah. you have to walk in and know. And some of the again the backroom talking points that they're not t- telling you about, or you know, as it relates to migrating data, training, and compatibility with other systems. These are the types of things. So really, really good information from my perspective of just being able to knowledge is power, leverage the knowledge that you now have and utilize that to go out and, and facilitate the use of implementing new solutions. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So, And I think that's kind of what this comes down to. And it's something we talk about a lot, harp on a lot, is this idea of complete solutions. Right. I, I don't think it's, you're definitely not going to win if you're just trying to go in and sell a you know, a, a new piece of hardware. If you're yep. just like, hey, I'm trying to get you into a new barcode scanner for your point of sale. Mm-hmm. No. I'm trying to get you into a new cash drawer. No. I'm trying to get you into some <laughs> new monitors. No. Even all that together. No. Because right. again, you're not even getting into the software angle of things. Yeah. Don't try to piecemeal this. If you are going to try to go out and, and convert someone from their current system to a new system, you've got to be going in with the complete solution. Mm-hmm. That may mean that you're not the one, the only person involved here. You, you might be doing that groundwork to kind of, you know, lay that conversation. But when you're ready to go in and pitch a solution, you need to be ready with the inf- the entire front-to-back solution that's going to meet really all good point. Of, of the particular needs. And I think that's a, that's a big one to think about. So, you know, the and I feel like that's what our, you know, these folks were telling us in this survey is mm. that they want these full solutions. Mm-hmm. When you talk about stuff like the integration with inventory systems, uh, integration with websites, integration with accounting mm-hmm. systems, back-end mm-hmm. systems, Again, that's all the stuff that you need to have in your pocket ahead of time. And again, maybe you didn't get that information from them, mm-hmm. but you should know that that stuff exists. Ideally, you're asking those questions. Dude, I would be, yeah. I mean, honestly. I mean, what's your accounting system? What's your, yeah, yeah right? Go through this survey and look at all the questions we asked. Mm-hmm. Take those questions and ask them yourself. Yep. Those are exactly yep. the list of questions that you can get out there and get in front of somebody. And it's very simple, basic questions to ask where you're just saying, hey, I just want to survey you a little bit on your current point of sale. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to sell you anything today. Mm-hmm. I just want to run a survey with you. What are you know? How long have you been using this? Mm-hmm. What do you like the most about it? What do you dislike the most about it? That's a great it? idea. Would you change if, if something better came along? Right. You know, have that conversation first, collect that data, and use that as your starting point. And then don't be afraid to ask about the stuff that we revealed in this mm-hmm. survey that maybe they didn't mention. If mm-hmm. they didn't talk about customization, ask, is customization important? Do you mm-hmm. want a system that meets your needs and not just something out of the box? Because that's a pain point, exactly. right? And they may not be telling you. Exactly. You right. know, uh, what do you what do you need to, your POS to connect to in the back, back mm-hmm. end? You know, do you have an inventory system? Does that connect to it? Yeah. Um, you got e- e-commerce. What kind of, what, yeah, yeah right? what kind of new stuff are you wanting mm-hmm. to get into? Are you are you in e-commerce yet? No. Do you want to be? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ask so all those questions Future-proofing first. kind of conversation, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. exactly. you know, this system's going to be built to be able to accommodate those types of things. Are you going to do... Uh, your own delivery? You know, are you going to do the last mile fulfillment with your own goods if it's a retail right. establishment? Dude, that, that whole marketplace is, is is expanding so quickly right now yep. that if it's not here today, it will be within a couple years. Exactly. You name the small ma and pa, they'll be able to deliver it yep. wherever they need it to go. So it's it's basically, it's that consultative selling model that we Bingo. talk about all the time. Yeah. Just have the conversation, ask a lot of questions. Yep. Don't go in just dying to sell them the newest, latest, coolest, <laughs> greatest thing. Right. You're never going to win that yeah, way. Yeah, it's yeah. it's 
it's the whole car analogy that I've used many times before. Yep. You don't want to show up on a lot and say, I need a car, and someone shows you the 2023 Escalade <laughs> and all the cool features, top of the line. But this one's got cup holders that light up. $80,000. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you're, and all you actually wanted was a compact hybrid vehicle <laughs> for uh, under, you know, for under 40000 or something. Exactly. You know? yeah. But they never bothered to ask you. They just showed you the coolest thing. You're That's never right. going to win the business that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And then the only other thing I would put in there also is make sure that you are equipped to overcome the obstacles. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we talked about, like really migration of data. Great point. Uh, the, the training aspect of yep. it, the, the customization aspect, the uh, compatibility with other systems. Make sure you are ready to help out with that in some way. Have some kind of services, whether it's you or a third party that you work with or someone that you can, that, that you can tap into to say, hey, I know that the, the hardest part of this is going to be integrating all this or taking all this data and migrating over to a new system. Here's how we'll help you with that. Mm-hmm. I know training your employees on this new system will be very difficult. Here's how we're going to help you yep. with that. I know compatibility with your all of your systems is going to be important. Here's how we help out with and assist with that. Yep. I think if you're able to make that case as part of your overall presentation and your solution pitch, again, you're just you're just solidifying the case for yourself. And again, like always, you may lose some, what, but yeah. you're you're putting yourself in a heck of a position to win when you've done all this stuff before you go in firing with a solution. Break your own inertia. Maybe yeah. you don't have training, right? Maybe you just don't have an answer yeah. for that. We've revealed that that's a top obstacle, yep. so you better get that. Yeah. And oh, by the way, if you're looking at your customer list and, and you're seeing some atrophy, you know, it's, it's, it's dwindling over the years, or you're not winning as many deals as you had in the past, look right here. Maybe your competition has migration yep. of data, yep. you know, down to a science. They, they've got APIs. They know exactly how Exactly. They just walk in there with their WYSIWYG, you know, Swiss Army knife of APIs and whatever it is, we can do it. Right. Or maybe they have training modules that right. are right. web based and, and can be facilitated even on mobile devices so that their new employees can be sitting at home, yep. you know, and just doing their training on their mobile device. These are the types of things that you, you know, if you're losing business, maybe your competition has that. Yeah. Break your own after your own inertia and get these um, these go. types of services. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Agree. So hey, I, I hopefully we've equipped you with more than enough. Boom. At this off of one survey. <laughs> off of one survey, yes. So, so again, That's why I love this deep dive. Do the dive into the data yourself. Yeah. Pull some insights out of it. Let us know what you get out of it, too. If you do you know, if you know, do this and you start having these kind of conversations yourself, let us know what does or doesn't work for you. We'd love to hear back from you. Yep. And again, if you want this kind of a deep dive into other industries, we did do one with warehousing recently. We're going to do mm-hmm. probably an episode on that at some point. That's already out on that Blue Star Nation blog where you can do a dive in there, too. But if there are other industries other types of technology that you want us to do a deep dive um, of your customers and what they actually are saying about mm-hmm. their systems and what they do like and don't like would mm-hmm. change or whatnot. Tell us, we will be happy to, to look into doing that for you. Absolutely. So, yep. All right. Let's wrap up as always with our fun favorite segment. What's tech connecting with you? Ah, yes. This is where we get to talk about something from the world of science, tech, business innovation that has got our attention, caught our eyes, something that we are either excited about or cringing about or worried <laughs> for the fate of humanity. Um, mine falls into the latter one. Oh this time no! Of course now, it does. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly, but you'll see. Well, I'm not going to Mars. Here's my headline: Uber Eats dabbles with delivering food via robots. Okay, so 
oh, we've all heard about it. In fact, I was just talking to my daughter the other day, and she's she's like, oh yeah, if you go to the Ohio State campus, there are these little robots mm. that are going around really? campus and delivering food. That's right. Cool. And or if you go to the Cincinnati airport here, if you're sitting in whatever gate twenty two and you want a snack, you can order it, and the little robot will bring it to you. But what's <laughs> unique here is that Uber. Uh, so the company with its sights on becoming kind of this super app, if you will, is beginning self-driving deliveries in West Hollywood and Santa Monica. So gone, I guess, in in this instance, would be the Uber driver that's bringing your food to you. No, they're doing this autonomously now. So they've worked in collaboration with two other companies. One's called Motional, which is an autonomous vehicle company, and the other one is Serve Robotics, which is an autonomous sidewalk delivery company, you know, the ones that are doing it that way. So this is kind of the the first article I've read of actually somebody doing kind of bridging the gap between these little robots that go down the sidewalk sidewalks to no full up delivering a meal to right, your house right. using an autonomous vehicle and it's through Uber Eats. So there you go. I mean it's right? I mean yeah. is it just gonna be it's just gonna be these mindless vehicles driving around delivering us right, stuff right. and didn't yeah. um didn't like I don't remember seeing some commercials about it. Didn't, wasn't Domino's trying this out in a few places? Domino's too, like has the, their own the self driving vehicle. Yeah, they have yeah. like a vehicle that does that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I guess but I like the adding the robot aspect because you know I do want it delivered to my door. You know? Right. I don't want yeah. to walk out and go to someone's <laughs> to walk down go to a sp- car. Especially in the where it snows in Cincinnati. Yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah, you who know, wants to walk out there? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. But you, know, I also do feel bad when I make a driver get out in that stuff too, or come out too. You know, <laughs> whatever. Well, I mean, it's their should, job. No, <laughs> true. But you know, you feel a little guilty. I did. I, I can't remember what it was when we had our last oh, big snowstorm. Like, and we kind of didn't know it was coming at a time. It was one yeah. of those things like it might snow. Oh, right, right. I do remember like my wife and I ordering dinner that very night, and like while we were waiting for it, you know, to get picked up and delivered, like yeah. the snow just started Dumping. pouring down. Yes. I just felt so bad. I'm like, Shame. I yes. feel like I need to give this person oh, an even man. bigger tip than I was yes. that I already did. Because yes. I try to tip well anyway. Oh, I'm like, with you, and I go out and meet them at least halfway, yeah. if not all the <laughs> exactly. way to the curb. I was like, I'm so sorry that I made you do this. <laughs> yeah, really. I even literally sent them a message like after it was delivered. I was just like, hey, thanks again. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. you above and beyond you right. know, that you did yeah. this. So. Thanks for risking your life so that yeah, I can yeah, have my exactly. Chinese food. Yeah, you know, like the robots, you know, maybe they won't be quite uh, as concerned. So anyway, them, yeah, so. so there you go. Uber getting into the whole, okay. you know, automated delivery of uh, uh, of food. They're going to start it out in California. We'll see if it makes it right, uh, right. its way over here. Okay. So okay. anyway, what doom and gloom you got for us? Here? All right. So uh, here's an article I came across. Uh, here's the, um, the headline for it. Four hostile alien civilizations may lurk in the Milky Way, a new study suggests. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. Reread. For, for hostile. I think hostile is a key word. Yes. Did for I hear hostile? hostile alien civilizations may lurk in the Milky Way. Holy moly. All right. Evidence, now, please, sir. So this is, it's, the evidence is sort of loose here, but it's <laughs> interesting stories in live science. Uh, as always, there's a link in the show notes. You can check it out. Uh, so basically a doctoral student in Spain who has done other like interesting papers about like the wow signal. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. Like the signal that may imply that, you know, extraterrestrial existence, you know? Um, so he basically did this paper where he kind of used human history as the baseline. All right. So, uh, I'll give you a quick little like piece of like insight or what he did. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. let me find this here real quick. Um, okay. So to reach his estimation, 
Caballero first countered, counted the number of countries that invaded other countries between 1915 and 2022. Oh, he found that a total of 51 of the world's 195 nations had launched some sort of invasion during that period. The U.S. sat at the top of the list with 14 invasions tallied at that time. <laughs> Go, America. <laughs> then he weighed each country's probability of launching an invasion based on that country's percentage of the global military expenditure, which the U.S. won again. They're also 38% of global spending. But his point was that, like, he kind of used this as the baseline of, okay, like, let's say, you know, the percentage of countries, mm -hmm. you know, in the world that would invade other countries, mm -hmm. let's extrapolate that and expand that to the potential number of it. civilizations in our galaxy. Right, got it so, so far. He, and he expanded that out and also acknowledged, like, you know, that, not, you know, which ones are even at a point where interstellar travel is possible because he, part of his, um, his uh, research or his, you know, mathematical equations. Calculations, that, if you will. Yeah, decided that Earth was about 259 years away from interstellar travel at this point anyway. 259 years, 259 years, Okay. Yeah. Which, yeah, a little bit closer than I would have expected. Yeah. So, so basically, he's kind of basing it off of that and acknowledging that, like, the the potential survey of systems did not necessarily factor in whether they were even capable of interstellar travel yet. Plus, they would need to know that we actually Exist. exist. But the bottom line is, came up with this idea that out of the potentially thousands of alien civilizations that actually could potentially exist out there that we mm -hmm. don't really know about yet, Got it. four of them might actually be considered as hostile to us. Okay. But the other part of the acknowledgement here was like, given Only all those, four. given all those parameters, the Earth is still one hundred times more likely to be destroyed by an asteroid. <laughs> Been invaded by aliens. <laughs> if that gives you an understanding of how infinitesimally small, uh, I see. I mean, because you know the whole, yes. like a whole, you know, asteroid event yes. like what killed the dinosaurs is right. a one in a hundred million years type exactly. thing. Anyway, yes, yes. So the odds of us being invaded by aliens seem pretty small. So I understand why. But it's not zero. It's not zero. It's no. not zero. I, and I get you know the appeal of you know when we you watch stuff like Independence Day, War right. of the Worlds, yep. all these you know alien yep. invasion stories, you know, yep. that make it sound you know seem dramatic right. and terrifying. Yep. And, Yep. And awful, you know, there's a whole lot of things that have to happen right and yep. go a certain way to, mm -hmm. for that to ever possibly happen. It's, gotcha. you know, it's un highly unlikely, even again, if you do believe that there are a lot of actually other alien civilizations out there, have they reached interstellar travel? Do they know that we exist? Can they get here? That was an interesting <laughs> mental exercise. Though. It was, I mean, though. I totally it see sense. where he's yeah. going, how he extrapolated, you know, out using, you know, the U.S. or I'm sorry, Earth population right, and right. then kind of connecting the dots to other worlds. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But only four. Only you know, four. That's out of, not terrible. It's, it's, no, it's the, the odds I are mean, because there's got to be the, the possibilities, right? If you believe in that part of the science, it's got to be thousands oh, of yeah. potential, exactly. you know. Uh, livable, yeah. uh, you know, planets out, right. out there. Many of them are far uh, older than we are, right. meaning right. more opportunity to have already advanced to interstellar uh, travel. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Yeah. So okay. just it, like it's not peer reviewed. Again, it, we're talking just you know, <laughs> just fun, fun, uh, you conjecture. know, uh, yeah. yeah, fun yeah. conjecture, yeah. fun, mm -hmm. fun science and math around this. But yeah. I highly recommend checking out the article. It's it's just an interesting, you know, interesting possibilities. Okay. So, well, so but I think we're it's for now. I think. We probably aren't going to, you know, see giant flying saucers over our major cities blowing up Not the White yet. House and buildings yet or whatever. Not just yet. Or know. if you do, there's an asteroid right behind it because yeah, there's a better chance of that happening. Exactly. And, and let's be honest, if it happens, we're all just going to be destroyed. Because <laughs> if they can get here and have any kind of possibility of that, we, we don't stand a chance. Stand let's be honest. No, no. I'm sorry, but Randy, there's no Randy Quaid that's going to jump into a no. biplane and fly it up into the saucer and, no. and, and take I care of it. I thought it was Will Smith. Didn't he go? Oh, yeah, was, that was Independence Day. 
the same movie, but Randy Quaid was like the the crazy old pilot who oh, right. had said he'd been probed by aliens and like so yes. at the end he flies his That's plane it. into the last into ship it. or yes, whatever yes, it was. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Independence Day has not aged well. It's, <laughs> it's a fun sort of movie, but it's one of those ones you look at and you go, really? The sequel's even worse. I do not recommend the sequel at all. all right. so. Are we watching Top Gun, by the way? Not to sidebar uh, here real quick. But you know, you... I'm not a huge fan of the original. I, I don't get the whole fervor over this. I, but I know, like, I guess I've I heard great stuff about the new movie. I've only seen know. the original once, and but I was, was kind of like... 20 years ago. Yeah, I was kind of like, all right, yeah. that's, that's 20. It was like 30 years ago. I think oh, it was 30. Yeah. Okay, man. I was like, whatever, like it was it was fine. But you know. man, there's a lot of fervor around. I know. It, so. Maybe it's yeah. good. I, I'll probably watch it at some point. I'm just not rushing out to the theater to see Fair it. Fair enough. There so. you go. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, hey, folks, it's time for us to unplug. Uh, you know, until next time, maybe uh maybe get a robot to deliver something to you. There you go. Um you're you're more likely to see that happen sometime soon than an alien coming in and invading us and destroying the planet. So Which watch out good. for the asteroid. That's really the yeah, important done. thing. So, exactly. right. And as always, folks, please stay connected. TechNet Podcast is brought to you by Elo. Uh, Dean, is there anywhere in your life that you're looking to add interactivity? Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere? Yes. Do you have any examples? No. Uh, Where do you want more interactivity? I don't know. Like uh, in the shower? <laughs> would you want like something in the shower so that you could? I don't know. You Interact know, with pick, and pick some music. The channel and pick some music. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. I don't exactly. Know. You know, if I'm at the airport, I want more interactivity there. If I'm shopping, I want to be able to kiosk. You know, okay. I, I want okay. things on my time and self control. Right. All oh, right. Really. There you go. Man, that's so a, that's a good. The only way here. that's going to happen: interactivity. That's right. Well, with a sleek, slim design that's built to withstand the rigors of continuous commercial use, just mm. like the places you mentioned. There you go. Elo's 32-inch interactive display is the perfect place to start, uh, enabling up to 40 touches. Uh, why are so many people touching this screen? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's in a high-use environment. Come but, on. like, I mean, 40 touches, meaning 40 touches at once. How, oh, many, how, how are you, you doing that? How, like, I don't know. How does that you, work? Well, if you went to a place, you got 10 fingers, and Miles is right behind you. He's got 10 fingers, right? Daddy, and, two other, and two other random people are just touching everything. Well, All right. Know, it can accommodate. I, mean, I know that's a good thing. I'm just saying. There you go. Uh, with fast, extremely sensitive response time and anti-friction glass to minimize heat as fingertips drag across the screen, is it possible to like, generate so much heat and yes, just like, melt the screen? So, right? No. Well, you get a little burn. You don't want that. Happen. No, you don't no. want that. Don't want that at all. Uh, this was not a problem that I was aware of. Okay, but, you know, it's you know fine. Um, what happens if we get too much heat generated while swiping? Not like, good. I mean, does it, again, do we, burn, do we melt our fingers? Yeah, not good. Maybe. You don't want to do that. You lose your fingertip. I'm sure there's a great reason for it. Uh, <laughs> that's why Elo are pros at this stuff. So uh, Elo's tw- 3203L with industry-leading TouchPro PCAP technology is designed with the user in mind. Mm. Using touch-through technology, it can be mounted behind a mirror, in a counter, or in a fully encased kiosk for added durability or aesthetics. I just think that's so cool. Yep. When you can like have a touch screen. Yep. I mean, I get like, you know, we have cases and stuff, you know, that can protect our mm-hmm. devices and touch through them or whatever. I just think it's cool when you're able to do a touch screen through something else. That is cool. And it actually works. Yeah. It's just And with Elo flawlessly. 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 All right, want to learn more about the 3203L, check out the link in the show notes or contact the Blue Star Elo team. Don't burn your fingers off. TechNet Podcast is brought to you by Zebra. Look, the day-to-day use of enterprise mobile devices is pretty integral to distribution, warehousing, manufacturing, retail, and more, would I you would say? say so, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But relying on the employees to locate, properly maintain, return these devices. Ooh, wait a minute. Hold that can be on. a little bit of a struggle, right? A little bit of a struggle. Cost your customers probably some time yeah. and money. Yeah. You know, yeah. like finding all that stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. 
I mean, come on. Most people, like my wife can't even find her phone around the exactly. house Exactly. Look under the McDonald's bag. Where the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you, I mean, do you really want to, you know, hope your employees start keeping track of all these expensive, you know, uh, enterprise devices that you need for your day-to-day business? No. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, introducing, maybe not introducing, they've been out for a little while, but Zebra's got this cover with Intelligent Cabinets. Yes. The rugged and durable storage solutions available in multiple configurations and security options. Uh, they're designed to charge, maintain, and keep mobile devices cool and accessible. This means intelligent cabinets mean no more time wasted on tracking down devices at the start of a shift. They bring them back, they plug them in, Boom. get them recharged. Yep. They wait for recharges. Nope. No surprise repairs or replacements. You Done. Can, you can keep track of what's going on there, too. All centralized. Exactly. Monitoring options provide real-time visibility into device status, charge levels, and the devices in use. So help your customers guard their asset investments mm-hmm. and maximize the life of their mobile devices with Zebra Intelligent Cabinets. Check out the link in the show notes or contact your Zebra representative to learn more. Thank you.